Brooklyn. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How is everybody doing today? As you can tell, I am having technical difficulties. I don't know why. The music wouldn't play from the normal way that it plays, but I don't know. It could have been something that I did. Who knows? You know me. I'm not really technically savvy, so I could have not pressed the button, pressed the button. I don't know. Anyway, I am here, right? And that's all that counts. My voice is still here. So even if we don't have music, we still have my voice. And that is the most important thing, right? So how is everybody doing today? And I almost didn't have my voice. So there, that goes to show you what 
how this day was starting out, right? With all this cold weather. Okay, let's talk about the weather just for a minute. And I know we really don't want to talk about it because that's what everyone is talking about. But how could you not talk about the weather? It's just cold. But you know what it is? And I can't even say it's just cold because being born and raised in Brooklyn and living in New York all my life. Yes, I've been to other places, but living in my in New York all my life, you if you are a native New Yorker, you understand weather in New York. So when people are like, oh, it's so cold, it's so brutal, it's too much snow, it's too much whatever. We as being in New York, we're accustomed to that. But I think in the past years, we've gotten spoiled because of a global warming is real. So a lot of our weather patterns has, you know, they've changed. So whereas before where we were always accustomed to cold and snow. That's it. You knew it was going to be cold. You knew you were going to have snow. You got used to it. That's the way you lived. Everything in your closet when it came to winter was winter boots, hats, scarves, gloves, biggest coat, biggest whatever, stay warm, bundle up, sweaters, stay warm. Then it started getting warmer. So you were like, oh, I really don't need that heavy coat. Oh, let me wear this instead. Or, oh, let me, you know, layer like this, layer like that. Now... Because it goes up and down, up and down, you never know what to wear. So when we have days where the temperature is 50 degrees, and then you have days when the temperature, like today, it's 11, but it feels like zero. And just two days ago, it was 50 degrees. And now tomorrow, tomorrow is going to go up to the 40s. It's strange and it's confusing And that's why everybody's talking about the weather. And then if you're not from New York, you're not accustomed to this. So if you've been here maybe 10 years, you think, oh, well, yeah, we've had mild. We don't have New York never really had mild winters. We've started getting mild winters. But I remember winters in New York not being as mild as they've been as of late. Right. But anyway. So, yes, that's where it comes to with my voice, because when your throat gets cold and even though I keep it covered and I remember this from when I used to sing in the choir, he always used to tell us to keep our throats covered all year round. So even in the summertime, you know how women, you see them with the silk scarves just tied around their neck or whatever. He used to always tell us if we could protect our throats because you don't like all the different, you know, changes in the weather to affect your voice. And I'm, I remember that from the, from all those years from when we used to sing and coming out this morning, I made sure, of course, my throat was covered, but in these last couple of days, when it's really been cold, you can feel the difference in your, in your throat. You know, when you're trying to speak, you can feel the difference when your throat gets cold, but Anyway, that's enough about me and and the cold weather and everybody else that's dealing with the cold weather. If you're able to stay inside and you're bundled up under your nice blanket or comforter or whatever it is that you bundle up with, your friend, I don't know. But 
If that's what's keeping you warm and you're happy and you're cozy, enjoy. Enjoy this Sunday morning. So, what else do I have to talk about? Um, Because I talked about the weather. I said I was going to talk about the weather. Yeah, and I said, with the technical difficulties, I don't know. But I hope by the time it comes time for music, I'll be able to um, understand what I did wrong. I'm not quite sure, but I'll figure it out. So let me get my housekeeping and announcements out of the way because I love to do that in the beginning so that when I start talking, I could just keep going. And today I'm going to say, if you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone and the Google Play Store for Android. And of course, donations are always welcome and you can give your donations at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate because we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Okay, so there we got housekeeping and announcements out the way. And now today I want to talk about and I want to keep it with everything that we've started off the beginning of the year with and And, of course, what we closed down last year with. We know that God was preparing us, right? He's preparing us for what's to come. So last week we talked about having our our vision board and revisiting our vision boards, right? We talked about um, looking at it to see what we had accomplished, what we still have left to accomplish, and some other things that you might want to add on to it, because I'm sure as you progress through your journey, changes come up. So you take things in, I mean, you take, you put things in, you take things out, right? Just to keep according to the plan of how, how he has you moving. And because we don't know the exact plan, we're always taking in and taking out and putting in, taking out and putting in, because we're trying to adjust to what is set up for us. So today, I'd like to talk about fasting, right? And what I want to say about this is, I want to introduce the concept to those who aren't familiar with it, and to those who are familiar with it, just a little reminder that, you know, This concept has been around for ages, and now it's made its way into the mainstream as a form of weight loss. And can I tell you something? Everything, and that's why I think that's why my passion is so strong for this show that I do. Because everything that I talk about here, there's there's an equivalent in in the world, as you can see it being played out, and people don't even realize where it originated from. And that's what I love about everyday things that we do. There's the origin is from the Bible, right? Because they, if you remember, there's nothing new under the sun. So if there's nothing new under the sun and the Bible has been around since the beginning of the the foundation of the world, the Bible meaning God, because it is his words, then why would it be that, you know, why wouldn't it be that everything that we do, the new concepts, air quotes, that we come up with that's so magnificent and everybody's running with it, it existed forever, 
So thinking about that, I want to talk about fasting and why it is important and how it helps to shape our perspective, our perspective and maintain clarity, right? So now, as I said from before, most people today, if you ask them about fasting, they will quickly begin to describe to you how they stop eating for a certain number of hours, right? They do it in order to make their body react to not having food, thus prompting your body to lose weight because you, your body will then start to use up the fat that's already on you, you know, for energy, right? So here's a definition of inter, intermittent fasting. This is what they call it, is an eating pattern where you cycle between periods of eating and fasting, okay? But the fasting that I want to talk about is that, do you know that most church communities do this as a corporate thing, the beginning of the year? The beginning of the year, most churches will say, we're going to go on a fast. And they do that to get clarity for what their vision is going to be for that year going forward, right? When they're looking for their vision to come from the Lord of what they should be concentrating on in the upcoming months, right? So when I talk about fasting here for us today, Although people will talk about it in the sense of being a weight loss, I'm not talking about it for weight loss, not the weight that you're thinking about, not body fat weight, but the weight that I'm talking about fasting has to do with the weight that we carry with the burdens of confusion, uncertainty, and lack of clarity, right, that we carry around all the time because we don't have a clear understanding of what's going on in our life or while we're doing our journey, right? So the weight that I'm talking about, I want us to lose and give over to God is the weight of the burden, right? So let's look at a few people who used fasting to their advantage when they were faced with uncertainty, seeking a clearer vision, and a meaning, or when they were just expecting a miracle from God. And we're going to start out, and normally everything I read is from the New King James Version, but today's show is going to be all based on the NIV version of the Bible. So we're going to begin with Esther, right? Esther fasted when she was feeling uneasy when presented with the task of having to stand before the king and tell him of the plot that Haman had for the Jewish people, right? If you don't know the story of Esther, you can read her story. She has a whole book about her, how she was brought into the king's palace to be the queen and the purpose of, and it, it's the story of when you're putting up certain position, it's for a purpose. Everything that we do, and you know you've heard me say this time and time again on the air, there is nothing that we do that is without a purpose, good or bad. Everything serves a purpose. And if we were to think about that more often when we did whatever it is we do or don't do, we would understand why the reactions of everything that's going on in the world is the way that it is. If everyone just took a moment to just think about, okay, why am I doing this? 
do you do do you know the change that it would create just in that one moment if everybody just thought before they reacted why am i doing this but that's another story for another talk show so esther she was there for a purpose. She was put in the king's palace for a purpose. She didn't know what the purpose was at the time. And remember, in our journey, God will give us things and he will put us in places and he will have people interacting with us. And at the time, we don't know why we're doing it. But then it becomes clear later on. So when Esther was brought into the palace, she didn't know why she had to go into the palace. But she saw later on with this how she had to present herself to the king to save her, her people. So Esther, because she was feeling uneasy presenting herself to the king at that moment, because you can't go before the king unless he summons you. But read the book of Esther. You'll get the whole story. I'm really trying to, I'm trying to give you a little background story as to why she was doing the fasting, but I'm not doing it justice. You really need to read the book so you can get a clear understanding. But in Esther 4.16, this is what she says. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, Esther was afraid. Now, you can tell when she asked them to go before, to go on a fast, she was actually talking to her uncle Mordecai when she said this. She was telling him to get the Jewish people ready. She was afraid because she didn't want to go before the king because if you go before the king and he didn't invite you, he could kill you. He would say, look, you know, what are you doing here? You know how kings were back in the day. They don't play. They, they Whatever they wanted to do, they did, right? But she wanted to go on a fast so that she could have the power of the Lord and the guidance and the favor of God when she presented herself before the king with what she was going to tell him. She needed all of that. She needed God to order her steps. She needed God to prepare the way for her in order to get this message to the king for her people. So now the next person I want to look at is Daniel, right? Daniel fasted when he was seeking an answer from the Lord. Daniel 10, verse 3, and also 12. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Verse 12. Then he continued, this is the angel speaking to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come to respond to them. So in those two verses, and if you really want a clearer understanding of what I was talking about here with the fasting, because I'm just pulling it out of context and I'm pulling it out of context just because I want to get you to the understanding of the fasting. But the stories are more complex. You need to read the book of Daniel to understand why he went on a fast. Because he was getting these visions. He had these dreams. 
And he, it, he was weeping. He was weeping because he saw what was going to be the fate of the Jewish people. But he was fasting because he was like, God, I don't understand. What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to tell me? So Daniel fasted because he wanted to hear from God for a clearer understanding of what he was, the visions he was getting. So the angel came to him and told him that as soon as you humbled yourself, and you spoke your words, they were heard, and that's why I'm here. So if you think about it, fasting with prayer, because the two go together, and I'm going to talk about that, ushers answers to you. It gives you the answers that you need because God hears it right away, and your answers are sent to you. It sends angels. It puts angels into action when you fast and pray. Angels go into action. Another person I want to talk about is David. David fast when he wanted God to spare his son born to Bathsheba. Now, you, all of us know the story of David, or all of us know bits and pieces of David's life, right? Because David went through a whole lot of stuff in his life. But we also know that although David was a man after God's own heart, he sinned. He set his um, highest soldier up to be killed in the battlefield because he actually had taken that man's wife while that man was out fighting a, a war for David. He was running around with the man's wife. So if you want to read that story, Second Samuel, that's where you find it, right? So in Second Samuel 12, 15 to 16, listen to this. After Nathan had gone home, which is Nathan was the prophet that came to speak to David to tell him of his sin, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. So even though David knew that that child was conceived in sin and what he had did was wrong by taking Uriah's wife Bathsheba. David still wanted the child to live, but God was like, Mm-mm, not happening. So God, so David fast thinking that he could get God to perform a miracle for him and just spare the child's life. But of course, we know that didn't work because he did kill the child. But he, the child died because that's not the child that God wanted to have as lineage from David. See, when you have a purpose and God has set things in motion for your life and there's priorities that he has set there before the whole, because it's not just you. You're just a little piece of the puzzle. So when he has the whole picture if you try to add in extra pieces and they don't fit to what he wants to be there, he's going to remove it. He's going to remove it because that doesn't go with his plan. And this child that would have lived had God not struck it being ill would have thrown the whole plan off of what he had for the whole lineage of David. And that could not be right because we all know that Jesus came from the lineage of David. So that that could not be. 
So now when you come all the way down to it, going through all the different stories, and I'm sure if you just looked up fasting in a concordance, it will give you a ton of verses talking about fasting because there's other people in the Bible that fast, you know, to get God's attention for whatever, or just to open themselves up to be more receptive to what he has to say to them. But I chose these people because it helps us understand in our journeys, when we look at the journeys that they were on, you can almost see yourself where they are in some of the instances that I've, you know, brought. But can I tell you, even Jesus fasted, right? When he, after his baptism, and he was sent into the wilderness, and he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, there, he didn't eat anything. Because remember, the devil tempted him, right? And here it is, Matthew 4 and 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So now here it is, when Jesus went into the wilderness after his baptism, we all know Jesus is God, right? He was the son of God, but he was also man because he came here so that he can feel and understand the things that we go through being human. So even when you think about Jesus, right, he fast, right, because he was seeking the wisdom and direction from his father. He knew what his purpose was when he came, but even he had to go into the wilderness to work out his assignment for his journey here on earth. He was seeking guidance as well as he was setting an example to show us that even when you're seeking the face of God, the devil will be there to tempt you and to persuade you into doing what is against your purpose. So Jesus was the whole, if you look at it, he's the whole picture of what it comes, what it means to be on a journey of purpose, want to fast and pray to get guidance from God, but the elements that come in against you to try to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. So when you, anybody that's thinking about going on a fast, for the beginning of the year or any time of the year, because I actually went on a fast right before this year came in. I started my fast when I started getting all the, um, when God started giving me the whole thing about faith beyond measure and having to really trust and not be afraid and step out. So it was like right after Thanksgiving, like before Christmas, I had started this fast, right? And it was also to prepare me to get me ready for this year because I know there's big things coming. So I wanted to get myself prepared so that I can hear him better. And all of any of you that are thinking about starting a fast, it could be you could do like Esther did with the no eating or drinking. That's extreme. Then they only did it for three days. And I only tell those who are experienced, they know whether they can do that or not. Because, you know, you can't go without water for a long period of time. You could go without food, but not water. Or, like I had also done, like I said, churches do corporate fasts. I had been a part of a church that every year we did a corporate fast. And we did it for 40 days. So we went without food for 40 days. We were allowed to drink water, you know, nothing sweet. 
no sodas or juices or anything like that. But it was 40 days. And I remember the first time I did it, it was, woo. I didn't think I could make it through. But you'd be surprised when you put yourself in certain positions and you're seeking God, he's there to help you and carry you through so that you are able to fulfill what it is that you set out to do. And can I also remind you, when you fast, it doesn't always have to be food. It's just a denying, it's a form of denying yourself of something that you get pleasure with. So sometimes I'll do food, like I'll turn down a plate, but sometimes I'll do a thing. Like I remember, (laughs) I remember, and I'm sure some of you can probably remember this as well, Candy Crush, right? I, when Candy Crush first came out, O.M. goodness, I was so into that game. And it really is addicting, that game. I mean, you just want to go to the next level, next level, next level. And it's not even like you're winning anything. It's not like you're winning money or it's just the excitement to see if you can just complete a puzzle in the time that they give you and it's just, it, it was just fun. I found it very fun. So I used to play it all the time. I mean, all the time. I had got up to such high levels, like 2000 something or whatever. And it was to the point where every little moment that I had, I was trying to play Candy Crush. Even if I was at work, if I had like five minutes, I was trying to play Candy Crush, trying to play Candy Crush, right? That's just how much I love playing the game. So when I was going to do a fast, the first thing I thought about was, well, if I give up food, I've already fast given up food. So giving up food was not a hard thing to do for me. But giving up that game, whew, when I gave up that game, <laughs> that really that really showed me myself, you know, that how much I was obsessed with the game. And it really brought my awareness to how much the game had used so much of my time that I could have been spending in prayer, in reading, in writing, because the time that I was playing the game could have been used on other things. So fasting, when you fast and you're seeking God's guidance, sometimes he's just going to show you the what is what should have been obvious to you? Sometimes there's not even going to be some ground shaking earth, you know, shattering. Oh, my gosh, I got this revelation. Not saying that it doesn't come like that. To some, it does, because it depends on the level you're on and what he needs to show you. So to some people, it may be earth shattering. But to some people, it's just the obvious. Like once I put that game down and I saw how it was a struggle in the beginning to actually put the game down. And when I wanted to play the game, I actually did, you know, go read my Bible or just go talk to God. Like, oh my gosh, why do I want to play this game so bad? It was just showing me this game is a distraction. It's robbing you of the time that you could be spending with me. Not that I wasn't spending time with him, but I could have been spending more time with him. Time that was so precious that he could have really been downloading information into me, but he can't download information into me if I'm not listening. That's like having somebody stand next to you and you're having a conversation, but you're looking at your phone or you're writing a letter or you're writing an email and people are talking. You're like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." do you really hear what they said to you? So that's how God was feeling when I was playing that Candy Crush game. He was talking to me and I was like, "Mm -hmm." still put what level am I on? 
So when you fast, it will show you all those different things. So anyone who's thinking about doing it or thinks that they want to, um, you know, engage in that, here I have some little tips that can uh, help you when you start. Um, and this is for fasting for spiritual guidance. So when you begin your fast, always know what your purpose is for the fast. Like, don't just say, oh, I'm going to fast and just... Because if you just say, oh, I'm going to, and then you're just looking around like you, you don't know what you're expecting. You don't have any expectations. So you don't know what you're looking for. So you don't even know what you're seeking. So when you go to fast, have a purpose. Say, okay, God, I want to fast because I want to understand more about your love and kindness. I want to understand your grace. God, I'm going to fast because I need a better understanding of grace or I want to a better understanding of faith. Or God, I want you to show me where I lack faith so that I can have greater faith. Or God, I need you to get over this anxiety and fear. So I'm going to fast because I need you to calm my spirit. I need to feel your peace. So those things give purpose. So when you're fasting, you'll see it come. You'll see him answer you because that's what you put there for him to deal with. So you'll recognize it quicker because you know that's what you've set out for rather than just, oh, I'm just going to fast and and for what? You know, what are you actually looking for? And then at the end of the fast, you're like, okay, well, what happened? Well, I don't know. What did you want to happen? Then decide on how long you're going to do the fast. It doesn't have to be something 40 days like I did. I mean, I did 40 days, but you you move into that slowly. You can start out by just turning down a plate if it's food. And that's another thing. When you decide how long you want to do it, you could also decide what it is you want to do. It might be your favorite TV show that comes on every Thursday night. You know what? For the month of February, I'm not watching that show that comes on Thursday night. I'm just, I'm not doing it. And that time that I would have spent in front of the TV or binging it because it's a series that I love and I want to hurry up and catch up. I'm going to spend that time in prayer, right? So you can fast things like I did with the game or you can do food. So you can start, like I said, you can start small with turning down a plate. It could be breakfast. It could be lunch. It could be dinner. Whichever one is more for you. Or you can turn down a snack. You know, if you know you have that snack at three o'clock every day, you know what, God, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That time that I spend waiting for three o'clock to come so I could run and get that coffee, I'm going to spend that with you. And then... When you're fasting, pray, right? By humbling yourself before God, you commit yourself to be receptive to what he has to say to you. You will always hear him better because you're not thinking about what you gave up, but how you need him to help you let it go. And there's a difference. There's a difference with that. You're giving up something and having him help you let it go, right? Because if you just give it up on your own, there's a good tendency that you might go back to it. But if you ask him to help you let it go, then you know it's final and it's done, right? So all of you who are thinking about maybe doing a small fast to get a better understanding or even just for clarity of, okay, God, what is my purpose here? You know, I heard Kay talking about this purpose, purpose, purpose journey. God, give me clarity of what she's talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could even do that. And he'll bring understanding to, okay, this is what she's trying to say. You remember when she talked about this? 
This is what she wanted you to know. And he'll show you those areas in your life. So with that, I think I've talked enough. I'm going to attempt this music thing one more time. Because, you know, I like playing music. I really do. Music does calm the savage beast. They always said that. And music is a very calming and soothing form of anything, meditation, whatever. So I want to try to get some music to play, and I hope it plays this time. Let's just see if I can get it to play. If it does, we'll have music. If not, you'll have my sweet voice, right? Let's see. I'm going to try it. Here we go, people. It worked. Enjoy. This is What Would Kay Say on Radio Free Brooklyn. I present my life. I surrender to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, I lay down my life. Upon your altar, a living sacrifice. Oh, I present my life. I surrender to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, I lay down my life upon your altar. A living sacrifice Somebody help me sing I present my life I surrender to you as A living sacrifice Lord, I lay down my life Upon your altar A living sacrifice you are my redeemer, forgiver, my everything, purifier, beautify me with your fire, burn everything, every flesh ready, hold me down, take it away, take it from me, every way to slow me down, take it away, take it from me. So I go on your race, Qualified by your atonement Digging deep in your word is food for my soul and Sanctification for every moment, yeah Open my eyes so I can see your loving grace Lighting up my whole life Another blood to bled for me Commotion for my life So I can stand before your face Without looking aside, yeah Open my eyes so I can see your loving grace Lighting up my whole life And now the blood you bled from Come on, shame for my life So I can stand before your face Without looking inside I Present my life I surrender to your eyes A living sacrifice Lord, I Lay down Upon your altar, a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, no go drag knife with you. Sacrifice, no go hold your heart. Yeah, yeah. 
sacrifice be dead on arrival I submit myself to your hand, oh Operate me, yes Slit me open till my guts overflow It's inherit me, yes Make me rise like a sweet smelling say For I present my life I surrender to your eyes A living sacrifice Lord, I lay down my life Upon your altar A living sacrifice Your spirit birds surrendering its place. Let your spirit birds surrender in me. Yeah. Search my heart, oh God Everything in me, good or bad That rebels against you Everything in me, good or bad That is against your will Everything in me that is good or bad Holding me back from your fullness, oh God Take away from me Yeah, 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 yeah my life I surrender to your eyes a living sacrifice I lay down my life upon your altar I'm your sacrifice I'm your sacrifice I'm your sacrifice I surrender to you Yeah,
is searching Looking for safety in the wrong things Yeah, I'll hold on, I'll hold on I'll stay strong, I'll hold on Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of the show that I call op-ed. And an op-ed today, I have, it's it's a light, it's a light op-ed today. It's not going to be heavy with, you know, the woes of what's going on. Um, I think we've had enough of that. But I have this really interesting story that I wanted to put out. And I think it's interesting to me because when I heard it, I was like, really, there's really such a thing of that? But after I started looking it up and researching it a little bit, there really is such a thing of that. And I'm going to tell you what that that is. Do you know that every year there's a color of the year? And now I know some of you that probably are aware of this are listening to me and saying, well, where has she been? Has her head been in the sand all this time? They always have a color of the year. I didn't know there was a color of the year. This year's color is the color of the year for 2022. And what is making me so excited is because it's actually like a derivative of my favorite color. The color of the year is very Perry. 1739.38, right? Now displaying now this is the this is the concept of when they when they're describing the color right displaying a carefree confidence and a daring curiosity that animates our creative spirit inquisitive and intriguing Pantone 173938 Very Perry helps us to embrace this altered landscape of possibilities, opening us up to a new vision as we rewrite our lives. Rekindling gratitude for some of the qualities that the blue represents, complemented by a new perspective that resonates today. Pantone 173938, Very Perry, places the future ahead in a new light. 
Well, what do you know? Isn't that what we were talking about since last year, December, when I was talking about everything being new, everything starting afresh, right? Here it is. So not only did God give us our theme for the year, which is faith beyond measure, right? He complimented it with the color of the year. And very Perry, if you see it, it looks like a, like I've always loved periwinkle and purple is my favorite color because purple is royalty in the kingdom, right? It represents royalty in the kingdom. So here it is. How fitting is it for this year to be faith beyond measure with the royal color to match, right? And very Perry, when you see it, it's really, really beautiful. And periwinkle, I've always loved periwinkle too. It's something about it's something about those tones with the purple and blues that I like. Like I love purple. Purple is like the color, but then when you get the little offsets of it, I love it and the way you can blend the blue with it. But let me give you the let me give you the background and this is what really fascinated me when I started looking this up when they were talking about the color of the year. Did you know that in 1963, Pantone revolutionized the printing industry with a colorful Pantone matching system? It was an innovative tool allowing for the faithful selection, articulation, and reproduction of consistent, accurate color anywhere in the world. So that's why when they put out a color, and that's why they number them, so when you get very peri and you say Pantone 17, 39, 38, no matter where you go in the world, that very peri is going to look exactly the same. And that's what makes this so, that's what makes this so mind blowing because they were the ones back in 1963 that said, you know what? If you see pink over here and you see pink over there, it shouldn't be like, well, they call that pink and this is what we call pink. It could be pink. It could be salmon. But everybody's calling it pink. No. Pantone made the color scheme for the whole designing creative. So everybody, when they go and they pick a color for the printing industry, when you see that color and they say this is Pantone, whatever, whatever color, you know If you're on the phone talking to somebody all the way in Australia, you say, look, I use Pantone, like we'll use Very Perry. I use Pantone 173938 when I did that billboard. They know exactly what color you're talking about. They don't have to try to guess. They don't have to try to, well, put a little bit more blue in to make it. No, they know exactly how to get that color exactly right. And I was just so fascinated with that, that there's a color, there was colors of the year. And I started going back and there were so many different colors. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this. So now I'm going to start looking for the color of the year. I know I sound so excited about it. And I know, like I said, some of you are probably like, where has she been? But hey, the little things excite me. And now on a more serious note, tomorrow we know we will be celebrating the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King, right? And everyone's always going to be, you you know, you see the, you see on TV, they're going to have the stories of his legacy. You know, they're going to talk about his life. We know he was a civil rights activist. He was a pastor, preacher. 
And he wanted to do good. He was a humanitarian. He wanted to do good by all. But what I want people to take away this year with everything that we have come up against with the pandemic, I want us all to not just say, oh, yeah, we know Martin Luther King, his I Have a Dream speech. But how many of you have actually read his I Have a Dream speech? That's what I want us to do. For all of you who, now you don't have to do it, but this is what I'm putting out there to do. Read the speech. And I want to see how it resonates with you listening to it and reading it for yourself. I want to see how it makes you feel, right? And I've taken a part of the speech out because I wanted to read it to you. And this is the part that I liked, right? And this is from his entire speech. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh and all flesh shall see it together. That's the part that struck me when I read the whole, I have a dream, right? And with that, that ends op-ed. I want to continue with our word of the month, which is doubtless, right? We're doubtless. We're doubtless this month. We have no doubt, right? And our promise for the week comes from Hebrews 4 and 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And with that, I say, have a blessed week. Show your best light to all that you encounter. Let them know that your light shines to bring brightness into the dark places. Be the most authentic, true, positive you. Because remember I told you last week, you could be authentic, but you could be authentic and be the worst thing walking around on two feet. But that's authenticity, right? But don't show that side. If you're going to show authenticity, we don't need to see your bad side because I'm sure we see that on a daily basis. Let's dig down deep and find that good side. Let's be that authentic good that we know you have within you. And with that, I say stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. And until we meet again next week, peace. of the valleys and I have climbed upon the highest of the hills all my traveling has brought me to your fountain and all I want is to come and drink my fill all I want is to come and drink my fill my heart, your throne, this life belongs to you and you alone, let there be no divine, 